But I guess that people at the time, like, really loved it. Like, there are, like, stained glass windows and paintings and tapestries and, like, all these things with, like, St. Nicholas and, like, three little nude children that he resurrected. On the third day of Christmas, my true love came to me. (laughs) Three pickled children. Three pickled ham children. I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. In this holiday-themed episode, yay, I am joined by a surprise substitute sister, because this is originally going to be Paige, but she is finishing up her semester and like literally has a final due tonight. So luckily I can pick on Tyson Kemp to join me again you just agreed too easily (laughs) (laughs) i don't have a lot going on no (laughs) i just think i'm very convincing um (laughs) do you know tyson from three other episodes two other episodes plus a bonus episode yeah this is my fourth fourth time i know (laughs) (laughs) so i'm joined by tyson do you want to remind people who you are yeah so you can find me on tiktok and instagram at tyson unkempt i like to research weird history and present it in a story format and i also like to write some short horror stories and share those as well and tyson has like a huge backlog of very cool tiktok videos that he has done so you should go watch them. And they're all in convenient little playlists. I have true Ooh. crime. I have hoaxes. I have all that. There you go. And is there like a <laughs> fiction playlist now too? There is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I would get like confused and then I would like, it would take me a while to look at the bottom and see like, oh, this is part of the fiction playlist. <laughs> I thought <Yeah>. this was real. <laughs> <laughs> You got to base it in real history, make it sound believable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, so first surprise, yay, we've got a substitute sister, but it's Tyson and everybody knows Tyson. So we're excited about it. We were originally, this is how I looped Tyson in. I was originally like, yeah, we're just going to cover some like spooky Christmas folklore and traditions that Paige and I weren't able to get to last year. And then... (laughs) TikTok memes and videos about Christmas trees being pagan witchcraft sent me down a very deep religious history rabbit hole. So, double surprise, Tyson, we are not going to talk about spooky folklore. (laughs) We're going to talk about misconceptions about the origins of Christmas, because this is how I spent the last two days of my life, was like learning all about this. But yeah, it's going to be fun, I think. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to that, we will do something spooky. And I already know what story Tyson is going to (laughs) tell. So I I just need you to do it first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I can't remember exactly how old I was. I just know I was a little boy. And a lot of people from my church, we were like out Christmas caroling. 
And where we lived was a very, very small town. Once we kind of got through the houses in town, one of the people in our group was like, hey, my mom lives um, like a mile outside of town. Let's go sing to her. Let's go surprise her. So, of course, we're all like, yeah. So we pile into the church van and we get there. And like, this is on like a dead end gravel road. Like, there's no neighbors, no nothing. Like, she's just kind of alone out here. And we get there. We can hear the TV. It is very, very loud. The porch light's off, but her car's in the driveway. And we're knocking on the door, and there's no answer. (laughs) And everyone's just thinking, like, oh, well, it's dark. I mean, it was like 7.30, 8 Mm -hmm. o'clock, but we're still like, old people go to bed early. So we keep knocking, and we keep knocking, and there's no answer. So um, (laughs) that's when the dude that suggested that we go there, he let himself inside. And which is like kind of an insane thing to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because like her car was, I guess the TV was on. So, like, I don't know. It makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was like, I think at that point it was like a concern thing. Okay. But, um, yeah, once he got in there, that's when we found out that she was dead. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. That's just like the most absurd thing. it's funny but it's not funny yeah. it's like funny just because it's so absurd that you had like a bunch of people out caroling i know and then you found a dead woman <laughs> yeah we we found we found grandma dead oh. um yeah so that was a thing that happened yeah, yeah there's that's the conclusion to that story <laughs> um <laughs> I don't remember anything beyond that. I just know, like, I just remember being there in, like, her house. Like, imagine, like, the house from Courage the Cowardly Dog, Uh but, like, in the woods. (laughs) And, like, that's where we were. And, yeah. 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 Um, mm -hmm. And they didn't, like, like, you didn't, like, see or anything, right? The person just came out and was like, oh, God. (laughs) No, like... I don't think I saw her, which I could have repressed that because I repressed this story. <laughs> yeah. I repressed this story because, like, I was reminded of it, uh, like, a few days ago. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, yeah, that did happen. Oh, God. But, you know, kind of on par with today's theme, I think it might have just been, like, me blocking out growing up in a very religious community and, like, all that, you know. Yeah. Religious trauma being repressed. I don't know. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, Christmas caroling led to um, finding grandma. <laughs> Not my grandma. Yay. <laughs> Not your grandma. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, my something spooky is much less morbid. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I just realized I was thinking about it ahead of time. I was like, wow, it really sounds like I'm like patting myself on the back with this story. But. The point is that it was like a weird coincidence, and I thought that was kind of spooky. So I sent a book to my friend, because like this really explains a lot about like why I have a podcast. Like I just like force other people to deal with my interests. Like <laughs> like I like something, so everybody else has to hear about it and like it. It's the only extra reverse gatekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only extroverted thing about me. <laughs> but I so this is a friend who has similar book tastes, but it's like anytime I really like a book or a book series, I will just like send her a copy and basically just force her to also read it. <laughs> so I sent her a copy of the uh book Fourth Wing because like yes, I am like a basic book talk 
bitch. But she like really got into it and like read it all in a, a couple days and let me know that she was like having a because she had cancer a few years ago. So she had like this this big scan to like make sure she was okay. And like she she's fine. But um since it was thyroid cancer, she has to like do some extra stuff that made her feel terrible all week. So it was like this perfect coincidence that like two days before this scan, I had sent her this book that she just like was able to sit and read and then pick up the sequel and read for this entire week. And it was like, it was like the universe knew that you needed to have this book this week. (laughs) It was just like one of those weird like synchronicities that happen in life. So that was, that was my something spooky for this week potentially telepathically connected to my friend. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a twin thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Do I actually believe that that's the case? No. But it is a weird coincidence. And, like, things like that have, you know, happen in life sometimes, and you're just like, that's really weird. But I did not find any dead people, which is great. (laughs) Okay. You're so lucky. I'm so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, I never in my life like have I found anybody who was dead. So I'm hoping to like keep that going for forever. <laughs> if I can. Yeah, I yeah, I I don't I really hope that that doesn't happen again. Right. Um <laughs> I mean there was like an instant where like at a previous job, we thought that somebody was, like, oh. dead in a car oh, no. in the parking oh, no. lot. But, no, she was just asleep with the windows rolled oh, up thank God. in 95-degree weather. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we thought she was dead. But, no, she was fine. She was just taking a nap. Yeah. Yeah. I worry yeah. that someone's going to, like, call the police on me sometimes because I've, like, full-on taken a couple naps in my car during lunch at work. <laughs> like someone's gonna think something's wrong with me at some point (laughs) Uh, oh well okay so let's jump into some religious history yay (laughs) as i said there's a lot of people on the internet and like in particular i've been seeing this on tiktok because i'm always on tiktok surprise but there's a lot of internet witches or as Jeremy so aptly called them Barnes and Noble witches (laughs) during the Appalachian folklore episode we did. But a big group were claiming that everything Christmas was stolen from the pagans, or more specifically, that Christmas is just a complete pagan Yule ripoff. And as I mentioned, there is a particularly popular version of this going around that like sort of like a haha got you that decorating a tree in your house is actually witchcraft because it's pagan. So I was like, all right, we're going to look into the validity of those claims and like do some debunking. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that I have always heard. I've never really looked into it, but I've always heard about it. So I'm really interested to like figure out the truth. Yeah. And like I am a hundred percent part of the problem here (laughs) like i had always heard that and like i didn't really think much of it i was just like yeah okay like areas that were pagan became christian and like they took up some of their traditions yeah like i guess i didn't really see it as like a gotcha moment 
I don't know, or maybe I did. Like I've I've definitely liked some posts related to this over time, but I felt like it was like especially overboard this year. So I was like, we're gonna look into this. And I was like, oh shit, this is like all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a learning experience, and now we're all gonna have one together. Okay. So I wanna start out to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be like too defensive about this. But to be clear, I'm like not setting out to like defend the church or like be some sort of like apologist for the church by any means, because we all know that like the machine that's like the Catholic Christian church has done some terrible things over the centuries. And that has included in the name of converting people like those who practice pagan religions. But the point here is, like, the answer is more complicated than, like, the black and white of the church is evil and they maliciously stole everything from other customs, Da Vinci Code style. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is easier for me because, like, I grew up not in a religious household at all. So I have no religious trauma to unpack here. (laughs) I just have it from a historical (laughs) standpoint. Everything I know about Jesus is like from Jesus Christ Superstar. So, oh wow, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. um, I had the um, exhilarating experience of growing up in a very conservative Baptist church. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) okay. So that disclaimer aside. The first thing I wanted to start out with was that, obviously, you know, this trend of saying, like, oh, it's it's witchcraft to decorate the tree in your house. Like, it's setting out to, like, piss people off and push some buttons. But it is important to point out that, like, pagan doesn't equal witch and doesn't equal witchcraft. I think in the modern version of paganism it has been i'm gonna say that weird because i have like a midwest accent (laughs) not like (laughs) paganism not paganism (laughs) sounds really weird to say it that way uh but it's become synonymous to some with practicing witchcraft but like even so i am positive that there are many current pagans out there who would not say that they are witches. And then there's the point that back when Christianity was gaining popularity and building its own mythology, and yeah, we're calling it mythology because we're getting crazy here, um, but Pagan referred specifically to those in Rome or Greece who practiced polytheistic or religions outside of well, polytheistic religions or those outside of Christianity. But over time, the term has come to be applied more broadly throughout history and includes any religion that is outside of Christianity and later all of anything that's outside all of the major religions, so like Judaism, Islam, etc. But that's a really broad Group. So, in addition to the Roman and Greek pagans, so sort of like the classical Mediterranean world, there were Norse and Celtic and Germanic pagans and Druids, and even various indigenous cultures and Egyptian and African religious practices would have been considered 
pagan. And that was the term, pagan was the outside term used to describe the people practicing these religions. So it's not what those people would have called their own religion or theology. So it's basically just like it is much too broad to equate pagan with witchcraft and also to just say like, It's all pagan, because that's just such a broad term. (laughs) And it applies to so many different regions and so many different, you know, smaller regional traditions and, and religions that they were being practiced. Paganism as a modern religion, which I guess like they call them neo pagans. That, so they use pagan as the name of the religion or theology or whatever they're calling it didn't pick up speed until like the 1960s. So that's like a very recent thing that they're calling themselves pagan. Aren't modern pagans like, now I like I (laughs) am honestly ignorant to this, but isn't it more of like, um, not necessarily like a worship, but like you believe that like God is like nature. Isn't that essentially what kind of like modern paganism is? I think Druids were doing the like in tune with nature thing. So I wonder if a lot of the modern stuff pulls from that. I don't really know. Possibly. But it is, yeah, it's very much like a a nature-based thing, practice. But then there's also like there's pagan, but like Wicca is its own thing. So yeah. yeah. So it's like to call them all witches, that's inaccurate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, it's kind of a mess. I think there is a large proportion of the people who are, like, sharing these memes and sharing these videos who think pagan, and they think, like, the Norse pagan version, you know? Like, specifically that and Yule, and not, like, as broadly, as broad as it actually was. And, you know, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like a huge part of this, like, like you described the the meme as kind of like a gotcha moment. Mm -hmm. I feel like as the number of people that attend church every Sunday... Mm -hmm. That number is going down. I mean, mm-hmm. statistically, it is. And so are the number of people that identify as um, Christian, which happens, obviously, to be like the main mm-hmm. religion here in the States. And it almost feels like that rejection of organized religion, specifically Christianity, leads to this this inner like need to still identify and believe with something, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. But like almost like sharing memes like this is almost like their way of like giving a a symbolic middle finger to like their previous beliefs or the beliefs of their families that they don't agree with. So, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I understand that. And like, I also support like, do what you got to do to like emotionally detach yourself from like whatever you don't like about that. And again, my, my point here is to not like defend Christianity, like, be an apologist, like, for the Catholic Church or whatever. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It just, like, there are just parts of it that rub me the wrong way about just, like, I don't know. Well, it's like what you said earlier. I mean, if you're going to, you know, stick it to the man, make sure you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, if we're going to, if we're going to try to, like, use history to, like, debunk, you know, parts of religion and, like, make people think like outside of christianity it's like let's at least be accurate about it you know (laughs) yeah and honestly like a lot of people profess their disbelief in scripture or any text of any religion really on like oh well that can't be proved historically or scientifically but um you know you can't refute that kind of thing and then 
follow it up with something that's also just as baseless. Yeah. Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. So now we can move on to these supposedly stolen customs. <laughs> so besides decorating the tree, other things that people claim are just like pagan ripoffs that are used in Christmas include but are not limited to hanging mistletoe or holly, gift giving, the date that Christmas is celebrated, caroling, and at a minimum, Santa's appearance. And there are like many other things that people claim and i am promising you that like they can all be debunked to some extent so it's kind of wild so there are various ancient celebrations that these are said to come from like the roman pagans saturnalia which included giving gifts and perhaps what we would call caroling but like also various public acts of debauchery and like gambling was legal during it <laughs> So it's not like very Christmas like. <laughs> um, uh, the feast of, I assume it's Mithras, which I saw attributed to the Greeks, but also the Persians. Either way, uh, we've got Mithras, but this is, you know, I guess there's the birth of the sun god, Mithras, and it's claimed that there are similarities with the story of the birth of. Jesus. We also get tie-ins to the story of Isis from the Egyptians. And then, of course, the big one in the internet memes is Yule. <laughs> Although they've all sort of been, right. like, internet memed to some extent, and I've seen them over the years. And, like, I remember seeing them, and, like, I don't know, it's, it's like, sort of like a, like, an ancient aliens, like, fake history moment. <laughs> yeah, like, like pseudo-history. Yeah, like, they have, like, all these little things we're like oh yeah like that is a weird coincidence whatever but like some of it is just total bullshit some of it is real some of it's just sort of a sketchy connection so it's like you can't really tell the difference of like what's real so anyway do you remember when i mean this was like mid-2000s and there were like all these youtube was still a baby and there was <laughs> this documentary making the rounds called zeitgeist Oh, it does not sound familiar to me at all. Oh, my gosh. Maybe it's just because I was surrounded by conspiracy theorists. But um, it was like a three-part documentary. Two of the parts, like one was about 9-11. One was about the Federal Reserve, I think. But the first part was about Christianity. And 
it made the case that the entire story of Jesus was blatant plagiarism of an Egyptian god. And oh. it might have been Isis, but it could have also been Ra. Yeah. I can't remember which one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what that reminded me yeah, of. Yeah, I've definitely seen similar things over the years. A few places as I was researching this episode basically like <laughs> like decried the like Dan Brownization <laughs> Da Vinci coding. <laughs> of like history where like yeah it's all just like one big conspiracy that the catholic church uh perpetrated and it's like listen i would not be surprised i we, we know that the catholic church has been up to some sketchy fucking bullshit over the years but like this is not some of that bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Make your criticisms accurate, people. Okay. <laughs> so I will start by saying that if you want the super detailed version of this, like point by point, multiple articles, like breaking down each individual claim that has been made about the ties between Christmas and pagan celebrations and debunking them, I... 100% suggest that you go read the writings done by Spencer McDaniel of the Tales of the Forgotten blog and Dr. Peter Gainsford of the Kiwi Hellenist blog. So both of them are classicists, meaning they focus on studying ancient, like the classics, ancient Roman and Greek cultures. So they know their shit. <laughs> they have done like very detailed debunkings of this. It's very impressive. And I like was able to get a ton of this information through them. So I'm going to try and summarize some of the major points though, and some of the ones that I like see get brought up the most uh, online. So first, I want to talk about the date of Christmas because. Saturnalia, the Feast of Mithras, and Yule are midwinter festivals. <laughs> and the big claim that people like to make is that the church just chose December 25th because they just wanted to take over the midwinter time slot and like be like, fuck you, this is our time now. <laughs> but <laughs> that is not really accurate. <laughs> so Saturnalia was not celebrated on December 25th. It was celebrated on December 17th. And at times was a multi-day festival lasting until somewhere between the 19th and the 23rd. And I guess like depending on who was emperor? Romans had emperors, right? Yes. Yes. Whoever was in charge. <laughs> See, my history buff knowledge is like the Victorian era, so. <laughs> I am nailing this. Listen, I did so much research and I like still feel like I don't know anything. So there is no Dunning-Kruger happening in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I needed a full-on religious history degree to learn about this. Okay. So anyway, whoever was in charge at the time, like, extended or decreased the length. I don't know. I guess because they wanted it to be longer or shorter. But both Christmas and Saturnalia were celebrated for at least a century by early Christians. So, like, they existed together. They show up, like, on the same calendars or 
chronographies. So it's not like they were like, nope, shut it down. It's Christmas now. (laughs) Saturnalia still existed. Um, Another one that people like to call out is Brumalia, which I think happened a little bit closer to December 25th. But like it also existed alongside Christmas and did so for probably even longer than Saturnalia lasted. People like to call on Sol Invictus, but I guess Sol Invictus, which is like a, again, another like birth of the sun thing. Um, I guess that was only celebrated in a very small part of Rome and like potentially even just a single city that had some weird like sun cult going on. And it's very likely that Sol Invictus started after Christmas. So like really Sol Invictus probably came from Christmas, (laughs) not the other way around. Well, I mean, like people back then, like they weren't stupid. Like they were very aware of like the calendar. I mean, their lively, their lives depended on it for farming and whatnot. So like. (laughs) Of course, there are going to be different celebrations within different cultures and even different towns, depending on the time of year. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, the stars were very, very important. And I think, like, around winter solstice, which is, what, the 21st of December? Like, I think they might have noticed that, hmm, like, something's different around this time. Like, maybe we should all be doing something to, like, either celebrate the year that wrapped up, or maybe we should do something to try to convince the sun god to return i don't know but i mean they were all using the same medium right right yeah and there was definitely some more like complex layers to this like there are for sure some ties to the solstice and all that we'll get to that in a minute and i guess at one point because the julian calendar was like a little bit off december 25th was the date of the solstice (laughs) but that was just like their calendar didn't like work quite right so (laughs) the date kept like shifting back a little bit but yeah like they had calendars they had other festivals throughout the year it's not as black and white as like they switched to christianity and all of a sudden these other things disappeared. Like, it was more gradual than that. And, like, yes, there were some laws enacted that, like, outlawed pagan practices, but, like, even then there were still high-ranking government officials who were pagan. So, yeah. So it's more complicated than that. (laughs) Right. It's almost like people act like because, like, again, not defending the church, but, like, it's almost like people think that, like, just because, like, Christianity was, like, for lack of a better term, like, the victor of all this. Like, this is, like, the one belief system that's still prevalent to this day on a wide scale. They're like, hmm, there's more to the story there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah, like, they want to turn it into some conspiracy. And it's like, yeah. I mean, like... And there is more to the story, but but it's (laughs) fact-based. They had a popular message (laughs) at the time. So, and, like, did they do some shitty things to spread that message? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but Absolutely. inventing Christmas was not part of that. <laughs> okay. So that's Saturnalia. We can rule it out as like we just took over Saturnalia and made it Christmas. They are different. Uh, as for the Feast of Mithras uh, and the supposed similarities between Mithras and Jesus, Apparently that is all just like bullshit that was mostly made up in the 90s and also a single book that was written in 1864. And Mithras wasn't even born. 
he came out of a rock. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. The more you know. So anyway, so we can rule out the Feast of Mithras as having, like, any similarity to Christmas and Christians just, like, taking over it. So now we move on to ostensibly the biggest one, I guess, at the moment. It's the one that I see posted about the most. But we're going to talk about Yule. And to address that, we have to first talk about when and how they decided that Christmas was on December 25th. And also, when Christmas actually started to be celebrated. So the first like direct written reference to a Christmas celebration is from 354 CE or AD, depending on which dating convention you go with. The date of Jesus's birth as December 25th, though, was decided a couple hundred years earlier. And like, importantly, they didn't No, (laughs) but it was the custom at the time that prophets and saints died on the day they were born. And in Jesus's case, they used the date that he was actually conceived as his birth date. And that was said to be the spring equinox on March 25th. And like, that is a whole other can of worms that we're not going to go into. (laughs) But (laughs) for those of you who are Christmas babies, like, cover your ears if you don't want to think about your parents doing it in the late March. But (laughs) nine months after March 25th is December 25th. So there was like legitimate, I mean, not it's not legitimate. It's like still like very ridiculous math. But there was some math and thought put into choosing that date. It wasn't just like, we're going to take over midwinter. This is ours now. (laughs) It's possible that Christmas was celebrated as early as the time when the date was selected, but they're not exactly sure. So where does that leave us on Yule? Well, we need to know when Christmas started. So again, our like earliest written reference to that celebration is 354 CE. The first written reference to Yule isn't until the 500s. And the Norse pagan customs associated with Yule, which I think are the ones that people are saying, like, Christmas is just a ripoff of Yule, don't show up until the 800s. So, like, centuries after Christmas was a thing. And see, I didn't know that. Neither did (laughs) I. Literally, no idea. Like, I was like, Yule's got to be, like, thousands of years old. Nope, I'm just an asshole who didn't ever look it up. (laughs) What's crazy is I I used to, um, when I was in college, I was a server and you have no idea, like where I live, it's a pretty homogenous place. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a lot of diversity in any way, but like where I worked was a different kind of restaurant for the area. Like it was a sushi place. So like, you know, we kind of got people that were a little more open-minded and different that Mm -hmm. would come to, that would come there. Um, because it was like that or like Bob Evans or Texas Roadhouse. Like, so, (laughs) um, so like, I mean, I loved my customers there. I had so many cool regulars, but a lot of them, like during the holiday season, they would like wish me a happy Yule. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that is very like, random. I I haven't like identified as a Christian since I was like thirteen, yeah. but like, you just really give off like Yule vibes. <laughs> 
I, I guess I give Yule vibes. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing. Like, listen, I think Yule is great. I mean, like, to be fair, I guess I do have Scandinavian ancestry. There but, you go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so do I. They're like, I, <laughs> they're like, I can smell it. Like, <laughs> I just know it. I know. <laughs> that guy's really into Yule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that, like, blew my mind, though. So... The caveat to that is, like, just because the first written reference isn't until the medieval period, I'm pretty sure that's solidly medieval. Good lord, my history is terrible. But that doesn't mean that Yule wasn't celebrated before the 500s. But, like, there is a decent chance that it is younger than Christmas. And, like, we also know that Christmas was, like, for sure established in the Mediterranean, not in germany and nordic countries and even learning that christmas like has its origins in the mediterranean like even that's like kind of news to me because when i think like christianity i think like middle east yeah well i mean yeah you should also think middle east in terms of like the actual (laughs) origins of like where jesus actually lived and stuff but yes in terms of like who made up the official bible stories mediterranean (laughs) Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd know better than me. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So, like, what we can gather from that is, like, Christmas and Yule are their own things. Christmas is not just, like, let's rip off Yule. So, another article that I read on this subject by Johnny Thompson, who is a former philosophy professor at Oxford, um, who now works full-time as a writer at Big think, says that the Christian church and Christians viewed the beliefs and customs of the pagans and other religions as essentially being part of the way to the truth about God and Jesus. So, when it came to the timing of Christmas and, like, when it was, you know, actually established as December 25th, the fact that these other celebrations occurred around what became the calculated or accepted date for it were essentially just more proof of Jesus's importance and like how everything revolved around the Christian faith. And even those customs that predated the birth of Jesus were just like heralding his coming. And the fact that a celestial event like the solstice lined up or was at least close was just like icing on the cake that their worldview was correct. And like, I think that's a really interesting viewpoint to bring to this. And you can totally see how like, as Christianity spread out of Rome and into these Germanic and Nordic countries where they had, you know, their own pagan religions and the Christians moving there discover that like, hey, these people also already have a midwinter holiday and they could just see that as like a sign that like these people already sensed that there was like something important about that time. They just like didn't know about Jesus yet. (laughs) It's like the biggest confirmation bias ever. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. So I thought that that was like a really interesting point, and I thought it made a lot of sense. And he seemed like a very official person who would be able to make good official points about this. (laughs) 
I don't know. I mean, he's only a former professor yeah. from Oxford. <laughs> Why is he a former <laughs> professor? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, I think he, like, also runs, like, a very successful, like, philosophy Instagram account and has, like, written a book and has a whole, like, very popular newsletter. So I think he just found that, like, it was much more lucrative to do the online author writing thing than it was to be a professor. (laughs) So that's sort of, like, that's the big, big one is, like, Christian just wanted to take over a midwinter holiday. Minor things like caroling or decorating with holly and ivy these ones actually may have come from pagan celebrations in germany and nordic countries as christianity moved northward that said like things can be similar and remind us of other traditions but like unless you can directly trace the lineage which in this case we cannot like it's just speculation so like I don't know. Correlation doesn't equal causation, I guess. (laughs) And plus, like, I mean, like, Europe is not a small place, but it's not like there were a lot of different cultures in a relatively confined continent. So it's like you had limited resources. So, I mean, it's not hard to imagine that. Like, like, something that stays green in the winter and is pretty, like, two people could think of, like, let's decorate with that. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and to be fair, like, I do think that, like, Holly and Ivy and and I uh, didn't mention mistletoe, like, I do actually think that there is more of a connection there. But also, like, that's such a minor thing. Like, who cares that <laughs> they yeah. decided that was a good idea? You know, it's not like a gotcha moment that they happen to use the same tradition. Yeah, it's like two people shopping at Hobby Lobby and they get the same Christmas decoration and they're accusing one another of, you know, (laughs) copying their idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And one that is very silly and one that people still, like, love to point out, though, is, like, the whole, like, pagan witchcraft thing. They're like, oh, like, people put stars on their Christmas tree and, like, their pentagrams. And it's like, no, that is, like, a direct reference to the nativity story. (laughs) It's not a pentagram. (laughs) So a couple years ago, I think it was our Christmas episode a couple years ago. Maybe it was last year's. I don't know. That's up to you guys to find out. Anyway, we've talked about the origins of Santa before. And to summarize that, the big thing is people like to point out like, oh, he looks similar to descriptions of Odin. And like, there's maybe some like gift giving aspects going on here. But Santa, as we know him today, is distinctly Christian in origin. And the modern representation of him, including the reindeer pulling his sleigh, comes from poems that were written by the Victorians in the early 1800s, including the famous Twas the Night Before Christmas. So that was just the Victorians. (laughs) This is a good place, though, to mention that we can also rule out Saturnalia and any other pagan holidays being the origin of giving gifts on Christmas. I guess that actually comes from Martin Luther of Germany inventing Christkind, a la Christkindle Market, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, who was like a gift-giving fairy woman. It's unclear. But in an attempt to break people away from the Catholic tradition of worshiping saints. So Martin Luther was a Protestant. Uh, and that included St. Nicholas. And St. Nicholas did have like his own festival, but originally had no connection to Christmas. 
But over time, Germany's Christkind and then the Dutch Sinterklaas are eventually combined with St. Nicholas to come out as Santa Claus. But, like, there's no stealing. It's just, like, natural evolution of folklore, basically. And, yeah. That said, I also need to mention here that I did see a meme the other day saying that we don't talk enough about St. Nicholas's foray into necromancy. So one of his (laughs) reputed miracles was that during a famine, so the the setup for this is that during a famine, a butcher lured three children into his house and killed them and was, like, planning to sell them to people as ham. (laughs) Fuck. Shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> um, anyway, but St. Nicholas is traveling through the area and is able to see <laughs> that the butcher is lying and he resurrects the pickled children. <laughs> oh God, what kind of Frankenstein's monster do they look like? <laughs> and like pickled? Yeah. They're pickled children? Well, I mean, I don't think they were pickled after he resurrected. <laughs> but like either way, like obviously this is like not a true story at all. There's no historical value here. But I guess that people at the time like really loved it. Like there are like stained glass windows and paintings and tapestries and like all of these things with like Saint Nicholas and like three little nude children that he resurrected. <laughs> On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me (laughs) three pickled children. Three pickled ham children. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, in addition to, like, our staunch belief that Santa Claus counts as a boogeyman, (laughs) that he fits the definition, (laughs) he also apparently can practice necromancy, (laughs) which makes it worse. (laughs) Okay. Santa giveth and Santa taketh at will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So our final thing here, what started this all, this rabbit hole, the Christmas tree being quote unquote pagan witchcraft. It is most definitely not. Germans started the tradition of bringing fir trees indoors and decorating them in the 1500s. So, like, well after Christianity had taken hold in the region. And, like, I don't know, could you make some argument that, like, Germanic pagans were doing, like, something with evergreen boughs, whatever, maybe, but, like... It's its own thing. Um, They were most likely meant as a reference to the Tree of Paradise that was a feature of mystery plays at the time. (laughs) Which, like, I really feel like i got to get more information about. But um, (laughs) the Tree of Paradise itself was a reference to the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, that sounds more familiar than Tree of Paradise. Well, so, yeah, so Tree of Paradise was the thing in the play, and then that was a reference to the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil in the Garden of Eden. Uh, And then, in terms of the English-speaking world, Christmas trees didn't become popular until the 1840s. So, they've only been a thing for, like, a relatively short time 
for us. It's not like some thousands of years old tradition that Christmas stole. <laughs> Long story short, we're coming to the end of our religious history lesson. Yes, <laughs> some of the minor traditions, holly, mistletoe, whatever, were probably blended from regional pagan religions into what we know as Christmas. But the point here is that it's not that they were, like, maliciously stolen. Uh, It is just an example of religious syncretism, which is a fancy-pants word (laughs) that I (laughs) learned for this episode, meaning that you are blending religious belief systems into a new one, or you're incorporating beliefs into an existing religious tradition. So, like, it could be, like, Christmas existed, they moved north and, like, encountered the Germanic and the Norse pagans, and some of their traditions got incorporated into Christmas. And again, we're not apologizing for the church. We're not saying that those who practiced pagan religions didn't also face terrible things at the hands of Christians trying to convert them. And, like, I am fully supportive of, like, you want to give them the middle finger for, like, being assholes to you. But (laughs) it doesn't really have any bearing on, like, where we ended up with Christmas traditions. So it's it just like it just doesn't really make sense to like use it as like a gotcha moment for modern Christians and modern celebrations of Christmas. Even though I know that there is a like large proportion of them who are very dramatic about the whole happy holidays thing. <laughs> yeah. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> um <laughs> So anyway, so like that's like a normal thing to do. Like when one religion is becoming more popular in a region that had existing religions. And like here's the thing, like you can say like Christmas is a pagan ripoff. And like even if it was, if you went back before Yule existed or before these pagan celebrations, older pagan celebrations existed, they probably stole their stuff from somebody else. <laughs> If we want to call it stealing. So, like, that's just the thing that happens. Like, nothing is original, even back then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also want to point out that, like, I think ironically, I'm like not clear that I understand the definition of irony anymore. Um, (laughs) The like Christmas is pagan rumor may have actually been started by Puritans. didn't agree with like the celebration of christmas or at least the way that it was celebrated and were like trying to discredit catholicism as like just being pagan so like potentially you're just parroting puritan misinformation (laughs) yeah i totally can get on board with that puritans hate anything that brings joy yeah Yeah, yeah. And, like, they must, because Paige and I did the Salem trip, and it is, like, so beautiful and nice on the coast there. And you're just like, you must have been, like, miserable fucking people to, like, be mad enough to enact this whole witch trial nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, Puritans, like, especially when we think about, like, modern christmas traditions Mm -hmm. like a lot of it entails like nature and like kind of embracing like these evergreen plants and trees and everything but like puritans had a lot of hatred toward 
nature like they saw nature as the devil's playground <laughs> so like like literally they yeah, did they, yeah. they, they saw nature as something to be tamed and so like i feel like just simply embracing something that isn't straight up jesus christ like they're like oh like yeah that that is pagan that is evil mm-hmm. yeah heathen like I, <laughs> I could totally believe that yeah yeah that this whole rumor might just be like puritan propaganda to begin with which is like makes it sort of funny that now it's people who consider themselves pagan parroting puritan propaganda (laughs) you know that is ironic that is that's irony right (laughs) yeah that is irony (laughs) i was like i panicked (laughs) i panicked when i was writing that and i was like do i know the definition of irony anymore Somebody call Alanis Morissette. She knows. <laughs> Wasn't the whole thing that she didn't know, though? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I haven't heard that song for a long time, so I'm not sure. I've, like, read several articles that were, like, nothing in that song was actually ironic. And I was like, well, isn't that ironic? I don't know. How meta. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that was the point. Maybe, Maybe it was. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Maybe the irony and irony by Alanis Morissette is that nothing is ironic. Oh, good God. <laughs> layers upon layers. <laughs> um, yes. So I don't know. Be angry. Do what you want to do. Celebrate what you want to celebrate. But be accurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> get it together, everybody. I mean, like, and I totally get, like, the rejection yeah. of yeah. Uh, and why people would leave the church. Because I yeah. did, too. But, like, yeah. I mean, just if you're going to snap back like make sure that you know what you're saying is truthful yeah <laughs> or at least as truthful as possible yeah yeah and for most people i th- I think it does come from an innocent yeah. place like i don't i don't think it's like necessarily like a malicious like haha you are embracing witchcraft like I, I don't necessarily think it's that yeah so that is the origins of christmas and how they actually don't relate that much <laughs> to the pagans remind people one more time where they can find you yeah so you can find me on instagram and tiktok at tyson unkempt thank you very much for last minute joining me we did it that wraps up our episode on pagan christmas join us next time for episode 74 when Paige and i discuss some of the spooky folklore we didn't get to on last year's christmas episode if you liked this episode hit subscribe and share with a friend check the show notes for links to all of our social media accounts our discord server and patreon if you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes email us at spooky science sisters at gmail.com as always thank Thank you for listening and stay spooky. Spooky Science Sisters is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information or to check out other shows, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. I'm Anne Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave.